Hi, I'm the founder of the brand new company that offers you the chance to do experimental soups in miniature sizes. Stu Art Little. I'm Jordan. If everybody had an ocean across the USA, I'm Gigi. <laughs> My name's David Thorpe, and if I was a Transformer, I would turn into a PS5 with two disc drives. <laughs> So you can play Crash Bandicoot and Crash Bandicoot uh, racing. Oh, you'd be you you'd be like thick as fuck. Yeah, I'm glad you picked up you on got why that booty I'm with gl- the extra external disc. Yeah, I'm glad you picked up on why I wanted two yeah. two external disc drives so that it would actually like be symmetrical and I'd be a PS5 with a booty. <laughs> I don't care about having two games. I just want not to look like shit. <laughs> I think that's what the good folks at Sony uh, failed to recognize, is that people want a thick system. People, what people want in their video game system is a thick ass and thighs that make the earth shake. They want a console that can shake its moneymaker. They should consult us for advice next time. Yes, we can console them. They're gonna sell zero (laughs) PlayStation Uh, 5s. That pun turn just made. Welcome to Robots into Guys, a queer reading of the Transformers franchise from Generation 1 to Generation Now. Sorry uh, that this episode is going up a week late. What happened was one of your beloved hosts uh, spent all night uh, partying with the Vanga Boys on their Vanga bus and... Well, that, that, that's that's obviously the larger priority. It was Jordan. Jordan spent the whole it was, time. It was it was me, and now I'm an honorary licensed Venga boy. All right. Thank God that this uh, threesome of episodes is over, huh? And this Thank one goodness. was arguably the best. It was argu- absolutely. I actually enjoyed this one. This one was arguably the best, and I'm, I, I'm just ready for Transformers to stop giving me movies to watch. Essentially, all my boyfriends were in this one. All your boyfriends were in the same room. Shockwave is no longer a long distance relationship. <laughs> this is the most now. we've gotten from Shockwave, and I am here for it. Um, yeah. His, like, power stance when he comes into frame is, like... Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Strong. We get it, like, a low-angle shot upward? Mm-hmm. Baby's a fucking brick house. Am I right? <laughs> hey, An absolute unit. Hey, speaking of houses and uh, Shockwave, I really want to qu- quickly ask, what does uh, Shockwave and his boyfriend's place look like? It's all purple and pink and <laughs> fuzzy. Oh, they have shag carpeting? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they're like 70s fanatics. I think they hate, like, the look of modern industrial, like, the minimalist design, like, the like neutral, neutral tones, everything in plastic containers. I don't... They hate that. Just... Just out... Just bad aesthetic. Like, yeah. they don't even let you bring in, like, Tupperware into their house. No... Shockwave thinks that um, Cybertron is really ugly. Mm-hmm. His the inside of his apartment, it's a penthouse, uh, is yes. is like just as much color as he can get. They have a lot of house plants. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's a massive lava lamp that no one remembers which one of them bought it. <laughs> it's like a lava lamp wall. What was his boyfriend's yeah. name? Not Milo. Uh, Hot pink. Ollie. Ollie, that's Ollie. it. Ollie, Ollie maintains the house plants, and uh, Shockwave maintains the fish, and that's the deal they made. I, I love, I love, I love the idea of Shockwave like tending to an aquarium. That's a sexual fantasy for me. <laughs> I want them to adopt Ravage, and treat Aww. him like the good little kitty that he deserves to be. Aww. Good I think kitty. I think all good gays deserve a cat. Indeed. And since Ravage... Or some furry friend. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. So they have fish, house plants, and a cat. And their beautiful, like, re-ima- reimagined 70s style apartment. Mm-hmm. That's 
covered floor to toe with pink and purple. And prohibits Tupperware. And prohibits Tupperware. Yes. They only have um, ceramics. They only have ceramics mm-hmm. and also... Very the, fine ceramics. Uh, they're also both very good at like finishing any food. that they, They're like planning out their food and whatnot. Oh, clean plate club all the way. Yeah, they're like not. They're not. They're very uh, anti-waste. Yeah. Zero waste facility. Yeah. Now this. Now this. They compost. Did you know that? <laughs> now this was Ollie's idea, but Shockwave has gotten more and more into it as doing it. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway. I know. Listen, we uh, could just I make this whole podcast you. about them. <laughs> it's so strong. <laughs> Uh, I wish that that's just what the show was, but you know. But here we are, Wheeljack and, uh, no. What else we got for this episode? Um. Oh, damn, Bron! (laughs) Sorry, damn, Bron! Bron fucking takes down everybody- okay. Yeah, Bron fucks up Soundway. Bron fucks this episode, that's all, that's all. Bron does fuck this episode- and um, he was really there for Spike in his time of need. Put his hand on his shoulder. Yeah, he and Bumblebee were though were both there to so comfort him. So cute, them together. I Love know. That. Bumblebee and Brawn. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, it's like yeah, because like okay, Spike and Bumblebee is the narrative that I feel we've been building a lot. But that's not even subtext, that's text. That's just text, yeah, that's not even us. But Braun and Bumblebee are kind of cute too. They're so cute. Uh, I feel really like cute. maybe Bumblebee being the him, well, like, you know, a bit of a himbo, but is still, uh, still maybe like looking around, just like, you know, still dating around a little bit. Ain't nothing wrong with that. What I love about Braun in this episode is that he's normally been kind of like a t- tough guy, like a little tough guy, but he really um, warms up to his emotional side in this episode. Um, I love the scene where like Spike and his dad are reunited. Well, maybe I'm getting too ahead of myself. <laughs> Should we wait to talk about no, this? We can talk no, about no, there. we can talk about everything with Braun in one go. Okay, because I don't want to... Because I know, like, the big thing in this episode is Spike and his dad, like, get back together, more or less, and they have a really touching moment, um, in Skyfire. Inside of Skyfire. Inside of Skyfire. (laughs) And Spike's, like, just, it's it's like you always taught me, Dad, you never quit on the people you love, and Mm. Braun and Bumblebee, like, exchange this really, um warm glance at each other and he's like mushy but true mm-hmm. yeah it's now Bron really shows a sweeter side of himself this episode uh, and Bumblebee continues to show the sweet himbo side of himself that he always does yeah I feel like Bron brings out the best in Bumblebee in absolutely oh um let's see Oh, Megatron's got pictures of all the dads, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the daddies! There's Did you some... see that group of daddies? When they're, like, freeing everyone? Uh, fucking Meg... obsessed with the one ginger one. That's, like, just a big round boy, and he's holding... Oh, with a... the glasses? Yeah! Yes! I love oh, he's, He was really, he was really, like... Big bear energy. Yes. Listen, Megatron is literally stealing all the daddies, and now we've found out that he's, <laughs> he's got been exploiting pic- daddies. He's got pictures of them because they were like, "Look at this data disc we have," and they put it in, and it's just a picture of spark plug from behind. <gasps> Perverted <laughs> Megatron has been secretly spying on these daddies, taking photos without their consent. That's what needs to be on the poster, not the word "enemy." Just it's, this man is. Pervert. This man <laughs> is a daddy pervert. He's stealing He's your daddy. He's a daddy predator. This robot eating beans in the theater. Uh, 
I, I now that we're on the topic of Megatron, I want to talk a little bit about the triangle that develops in this episode of Megatron, Arkaville, and Starscream. Yeah, because we've been talking about Arkaville being one kind of like, uh, kind of like Megatron's new squeeze. Squeeze is mm-hmm. the wrong word. More like his new, victim. newest victim. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Starscream being his older victim at this yes. point. Um, this is what Megatron has always deserved. <laughs> yeah. It's what he deserves. <laughs> Triangle's an interesting description because what we get is we get Starscream using Megatron's victim to try to screw over Megatron. <laughs> so yes. Dr. Archibald's just yeah. being used... Is Left just and being, right. Just yeah, just being uh, another is being victimized again. I found it interesting that Starscream like takes advantage of Archival when he's his most vulnerable, but Megatron like drops him when he's his most vulnerable. Mm. It makes you wonder how much of that uh, impulse is Starscream doing it. Uh, out of spite for Megatron, as opposed to anything relating to Archiville at all. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And also, Starscream's like, "This is my in. This is my right. chance to get power." And yeah, as you're saying, it's almost an interesting way of seeing how they operate differently. Mm-hmm. But you could also see it in another entry of this continuing thread of Starscream. Uh, having a lot of contempt for Megatron, but also fully knowing that, like, basically everything that he... Everything that goes well with Starscream is attributed to, like, a personality thing that he picked up from Megatron. Yeah. Yeah. I think we talked about that before, like, in the episode when we first met Jetfire, was wondering what Starscream was like before Megatron. Right. Starscream when before Megatron. He was a Megatron. science boy. The science boy who was maybe a little ambitious, but he hadn't. Can we talk about how Megatron was ready to fucking kill him <laughs> for betraying? Oh, had a gun just pointed <laughs> yeah, at his head. Was seconds away from executing him. Megatron throughout this whole storyline has a power boner. That he is just like yeah. he thinks he's like so invincible this episode. Yeah, he like is literally down to kill anyone and leave anyone behind that he wants. Cause he's just like, I've won, I've won, I did it. It's so funny that you talked about the idea of like Megatron getting ready to just murk them because that is my my time code is fifteen eighteen. Pictures taken seconds before disaster. <laughs> <laughs> And that is, of course, Starscream looking at Arkaville with Megatron far off in the back look glaring at them. Hey, real, <laughs> real quick, uh, real quick uh, note here. There's a scene where uh, Megatron is on a hill, I guess kind of monologuing about uh, Arkaville and Starscream. Mm-hmm. And Reflector's just there... <laughs> Yeah, I was I was going to ask. I didn't think it was like too big of a deal, but like it's enough to make me notice, right? I was like, "Wow. I haven't seen Reflector in a minute." <laughs> and he just pops up chilling with Megatron. It's it's almost like Reflector's just kind of like Megatron's homie that doesn't really <laughs> doesn't really question anything he does it's just kind of like fine with whatever I think it's like a gay best friend kind of thing <laughs> it's like they're ref- both toxic but they're there to support each other it's almost like they've been friends since they were like five and whenever <laughs> they hang out Reflector is only on his phone and Megatron goes on and on and on and on kind of uses Reflector as almost like his personal just like Listening, like therapist. Therapist, yeah. Um, I would say therapist, but I don't think Reflector ever says anything back, yeah. other than just like, yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> that reminds me of a TikTok I saw where it was this guy like 
holding his baby on one of those front carrier things and he's just like talking to the baby about all his life problems and he's like I finally found the perfect therapist <laughs> and the baby just sits there <laughs> so Silently. either Reflector is his friend since they were five or he's baby or he's a baby <laughs> <laughs> or he's a Megatron's baby specifically so that, that, that sort of raises the question uh, for me and I want to pose it to the rest of the group what are what is the ideal quality that Megatron looks for in a partner outside of like his ability to control them outside of an ability to acquire energon yes David I think he looks for someone who also has like enough power to serve him in some way that's what I was going to say enough power to make his come up useful yeah so he, you think he values? So he values autonomy on at least some level. I think so. Yeah, he values some kind of like re- form of like rebellion and uh, power in a person. If we but look not at not rebelling against him, not <laughs> rebelling against him. But if we look at like the main people we've set him up with so far, it's been Starscream, Archibald, and uh, re- and uh, a very Optimus. A, 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 and a very reluctant... You're right, so four, and a very reluctant shockwave. <laughs> yes. Um, Do you think um, his relationship with Starscream has gotten so bad because there was a point where Starscream, like, did have the power to, like, help him with all of his science knowledge and knowledge of Earth or whatever, and now he's just useless. <laughs> he's just a little shit. Just he's learned Star everything. Star screams now. Uh, I think, uh, I think that's possible. But I think that probably. Oh, you know what may have happened is maybe Megatron got to that point, or at least thought he got to that point with Prime, where he thought he had like used up everything that he could get from Prime, and then when he threw, kind of threw him to the side, maybe Prime like like became leader of the Autobots and he just didn't see that happening and that's why we get so many scenes of like more or less Megatron oh, still yeah. hanging on to that a little bit that to- that must have like totally crushed his ego he's like I thought I was done with you <laughs> so on a, on a certain level if we were talking about this idea of Megatron valuing uh, on, at least some, on at least some level autonomy and, and, and a certain degree of resourcefulness um do you think on some level that Megatron admires Starscream uh, for being a mutinous scoundrel? Mm. I think he's definitely entertained by it <laughs> on some yeah. level. Uh, I would say I don't... I mean, he keeps him around, even though mm-hmm. it keeps going on. So he's either entertained by it or he does admire it on some level. Um, yes, I would agree with that. Purely based off the fact that he keeps him around. Yeah. How many times has Starscream tried to overthrow him in, like, I can't keep the 12 that. episodes <laughs> we've watched? Uh, he, I think he keeps him around, well... Would you say that other Decepticons respect Starscream? No. <laughs> uh, Thundercracker <laughs> called him a ne- called him a geek. Yeah, that's true. Devastating. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, he's a geek. Rumble turns into a sorry. Can, uh, can I talk about Rumble for a second? Of course. That's Gigi, yeah. Uh, Rumble turns into a cassette tape that goes inside of uh, a, sh- a sound wave as we all know. But I don't think Soundwave and Rumble have been in a scene together for, like... They haven't in quite a while. Like, a solid, like, seven or eight episodes. They haven't even seen him emerge from his daddy. No, do you think that... Do you think that uh, Rumble moved out of the house? (laughs) Rumble's 18 now. He's a man. Okay, well... I think Soundwave has got his hands full with his with the animals. Mm-hmm. And he's seen, you know, okay, Rumble's not the brightest bulb in the box, 
but you know he can feed himself uh he can get places on his own he can do uh, he can do his own yeah. thing do you yeah. think megatron is keeping them apart by overworking rumble Oh. He does overwork Rumble because Rumble is actually insanely powerful. Yeah. I feel like I've seen Rumble in more scenes with Megatron or like near Megatron than Yeah. I have him with his family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Uh oh by the way, speaking about Rumble, uh I have it here in my notes with David. We're gonna go over some dumb notes now. I got you, got you, got you out of nowhere, because my dumbest note is uh, uh, right here. It says Rumble feels like an X Men villain. That's my dumbest note. Yeah, that's 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 pretty dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's just he feels like he stepped out of the pages of an X Men, and now he's a Transformer. He's like, um, I'm, go- I'm going to shake the ground and everyone will, will bow before me. He's the right? only one that has like a specific power, anyways. Uh, I also have the note, uh, fucking cyber cops. Because there's cops on Cybertron, that makes me mad. Anyways. Can't believe Shockwave would allow this. Uh, I can't believe he's done this. Um, what are your guys' dumb, dumbest notes? My dumbest note is probably just when I started writing the lyrics to Surf in USA <laughs> when the Autobots were surfing the fucking tsunami. Oh. <laughs> Everybody had an ocean across the USA. Everybody'd be surfing. Like California, yay. <laughs> I can't believe this is the second time we're, we're saying it in the podcast, but seriously, fuck Mike Love. <laughs> oh my god. Us. I know. Uh, uh, my dumbest note is a, is a uh, well, like Gigi's, it's a quote, uh, but mine is from a uh, perennial indie favorite, Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, when Starscream uh, zoom uh, fucks off uh, into the air, I wrote, "Jiminy, he flew the coop." <laughs> oh, that makes me so happy. God. <sighs> Which is a good quote, but it's a dumb note. It's so good. It's no, it's all everyone's notes were better than mine. <laughs> all right. But they were all dumb. They were all dumb. They're all, they're all dumb, and that's what the segment is about. Hey, speaking of segments, let's get into the let's get into yeah, the regular. Yeah, let's get right shall we? into it. <laughs> Wait, I all just right. wanna for one since we touched on the surfing, I just wanna note that the Autobots essentially surf and survive a tsunami. Yeah, it's fucking dope. Which is insane to me. <laughs> um. It's really, it's re- it's really good. Who knew that like Optimus was like a rad dude? <laughs> I really wish he had like a swim trunks on while that was going. Oh going my on. god! I wish they all had. I wish it had been like the like the Batman original uh, series from the sixties, uh, where like there's a human on the beach and they go like Optimus is hanging ten. God, I that just, would have been so good. I just realized there's something kind of important that I haven't touched on yet. Oh, what's up? Because yeah. um, I know that we, we talked, um, like, two episodes ago, we really focused in on Spike's relationship with his dad and how yes. him being brainwashed is kind of uh, like a parallel to coming out to your parents and them not accepting you. Yes. And, yes, um, we need to touch on this. Yeah, yeah and I feel like that was just continue to hear um especially in the moment where like spike gets caught by shockwave and then his dad is there and he's like urging them urging spike to join them Mm. i was like it's low-key like him urging him to go to conversion therapy or something Um, and then like when you know he's unhypnotized he snaps out of it and he 
because he's like literally about to kill Spike also. He's pointing a gun at Spike. Um, and then he's like, what am I doing? And he becomes like disgusted with himself. And um, I thought that was a nice way of, you know, if your parent were to be like, like this isn't worth it. Like we're still family, you're still my son. Um, and I just thought that was like a nice moment. Yeah. And yeah, of course, and, and resolving with them being like, thanks for not giving up on me. And yeah. you, you never quit on the people you love. You never quit on the people you love. It's, 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 it's the right kind of quote for like a pride flag background or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a sweet ending. It's a good ending. I'm going to make a Care Bear meme that says, never <laughs> quit on the people you love. <laughs> Quote Spike uh, Witwicky. <laughs> oh, let's. Uh, yeah. That's good. I'm glad Anyways. we touched on that. Now to the uh, auto dicks. Yeah, bring us into them segments, Jordan. Okay. Uh, well, let's get into our regular uh, segments, folks. We're going to start off with OTP, One Transformers Pairing, where we uh, pick the two Transformers that we'd like to see just sort of. Uh, sort of mash their bits together like a sexual car crash. Uh, we'll go ahead and start off with uh, David uh, this uh, this time. Uh, David, who is your OTP this week? Okay, so I think my OTP this week is... I like the little narrative that we've set up for Megatron and Reflector. Oh, I think it's got that just that one shot where they're sitting on a standing on a hill together and Reflector's just kind of listening to Megatron, and then this idea that they've been friends forever. I like it. I like it. It's not a real like I guess like sexually re- related. That's what pairing. I was wondering. Can you parlay that friendship into something more? Possibly. I just. I don't know if it like needs to be sexual. That's just my pairing. You know. That's who I think goes good together this episode. I like. Well, I, def- I definitely think it's a good idea, David, because a lot of the other relationships that we've had Megatron in, there's not really been a sort of friendly um, relationship, or at least in the yeah. in the text of the show, there mm-hmm. isn't really anything. That's no friendliness. No friendliness. No and another thing is, I guess, is a quick point to uh, Megatron. We've never really discussed Megatron. This is. Alright, this sentence is about to come out of my no- mouth. We've never really discussed Megatron as a sexual being. <laughs> We've never really talked about what he, like, he only ever... But the thighs. The thighs, <laughs> yes. The thighs, thighs, yes. But, like, what I mean is, like, we've never, like, talked about what he's getting out of a relationship sexually, only about what he's getting out of it power-wise, you know? Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, could be what he gets off on sexually, but that's what I'm... That's what I'm saying. It's like we've always discussed very, like, pragmatically what he gets out of a relationship and how he uses people, but never what he, like, looks for. He did have the Optimus sex doll, though. That is true. He did have the Optimus <laughs> sex doll, and he does keep pictures He's... of daddies in it, on his computer. The, but I just the like the real truth is that Optimus is the only person who can turn him on. I think that <laughs> but he my... can't have him anymore. That might. That is a very, very good hypothesis, and it is very supported by the text. It is incredibly strong. <laughs> he just uses other people to, like, get what he wants, but it doesn't really satisfy him. Mm-hmm. Not like the hot... Not like how Optimus... Optimus. <laughs> oh, God. You know, we've talked a lot about, you know, the idea of Optimus as the one that got away. It's been sort of a, th- sort of a thread that we've been going to. But this is really the first time that we've discussed it as maybe this really was, like the most uh, fulfilling physical relationship mm-hmm. that, that, Meg- that Megatron had. What, why else would he have the doll? Oh, I could definitely see Megatron being someone who's, like, s- sexually stunted and, like, in his relationship with Optimus that kind of opened up more. Mm-hmm. But he was still Megatron. He was still the user <laughs> that he is. So, right. like, uh, Optimus got away and... Yeah. My segment about him and Reflector has slowly turned into my, the segment about him and Optimus. But 
it's an important thing that we talk about. It's always in the background, though, whenever we discuss background. Megatron's relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like it's always in the background whenever we talk about uh, Prime's relationships. Although Absolutely. Prime is trying to move on. <laughs> Gigi, who's your OTP this week? My OTP... I always feel like I pick really predictable ones. <laughs> Look at my notes. It, the space is blank, but... It is Braun and Bumblebee. Oh, yeah. Because um, they're such sweet little cuties, like we discussed. But I am a little bit torn about this, because at the last minute I was like, are do the scenes we see with them like depict a romantic relationship or a budding romantic relationship, or could it be framed as like an older family member, like hanging out with your cousin or something. Um, mm-hmm. sounds, why did I have to mention cousin? Um, <laughs> at the end, uh, Bumblebee is like, aw, shucks, I was going to try out my boogie board when the tsunami wave dissipates. And Braun says, me too, little buddy. Me too. Naked and I was nipples. like, would someone would you call someone that you're like interested in little buddy well we talked a lot and about you know playing with context. age dynamics though yeah. right in in uh, especially when talking about the autobots and how the autobots kind of uh the, dy- the dynamics are sort of like older older experienced queers and and, and newer kind of bud kind of budding uh, qu- uh queer individuals and how that kind of reflects a bunch of different things. It can reflect mentor student. It can reflect uh, some. Uh, it could reflect something more romantic and, and, and intimate, or or it could represent something more familial. After all, there's a lot of, um, you know, we t- we talk a lot about people being drag mothers, and we talk about you know, um, right. drag sisterhoods and things like that. I felt like it could possibly be a more like friendly relationship like that or sort mm-hmm. of like um, somewhat of like Braun as a mentor yeah. but they're have, they just like have been bonding emotionally throughout the episode and mm-hmm. came closer yeah. um, but either way they, they cute <laughs> together how about you Jordan what's your pairing what do you got um, for it uh, my pairing uh, is uh, is Brawn and Ironhide. Um, I I've I've been uh, kind of an I've been I've been, I've been down on Ironhide, uh, in, uh, which is which is uh, in canon with the with the podcast. Yeah. Okay. I'm not gonna. But yes. I saw. Especially, the moment that I knew that they were right for each other was when Braun just walked through a door. I saw just the like, bra, and it just like, just walked through it, destroyed it, <laughs> and I was like, Ironhide would think that's hot. <laughs> Ironhide would get off on You're seeing right. the strength of Braun. The Braun of Braun. Sure, um, and I th- I think that they all they have a sort of corresponding like tough militant exterior, but but really they just want to be you know friends with everyone and and, and they're big softies uh, at heart and I think yes. that that mixture of like that hard exterior and and that that softness inside and that willingness to be friendly, I think it, I think they correspond to each other pretty neatly even if they were separated in two groups basically for the majority of the arc i can't help but see in this episode a lot of similarities between them that would make a very very good couple Mm -hmm. no i agree i agree let's see okay well, now we're going to move on to our next segment, Auto Crush of the Week, where we pick the one Transformer that just just did it for us. 
it did it and will continue to do it at least until the very next episode gg who's your auto crusher oh, so it's possible they won't continue to do it <laughs> it's possible i picked brawn <laughs> okay okay <laughs> sorry <laughs> and i feel like i should have switched it up a little no you're all um, good yeah, sometimes you, you don't need you to zag on them. You love who you love. But and I, I also mentioned this earlier, but I just really appreciate how he like opens up emotionally this episode and, and gets in touch with his sensitive side. Um, and he's he's there for his buds, and that really appeals to me. That turns me on, I guess you could say. <laughs> <laughs> emotionally supporting the people you care about. We got him. And we got them to say on. that uh, Transformers were a turn on. <laughs> I got my partner to say that Transformers are a turn on. I did FBI it. FBI on the phone. That's what this whole podcast was for. <laughs> it was just a setup to get me to admit like sexual attraction to robots so you could arrest me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I imagine a future where it's illegal to be sexually attracted to robots. <laughs> and our podcast has made us God. Uh, made us hunted by the law. That makes me think of this OC that I made in like the first half of college that was just this like skinny buff emo boy robot. <laughs> I love what it. was his name? What was his name? His name was And. And? A and D? And? Yeah. <laughs> That's probably stupid. Moving on. I didn't. I did. Nothing came of it. So. Oh, somewhere there's a lot of porn of And, isn't there? <laughs> no, there's like two drawings of And. I'm sure um, they're wonderful. Do you want to know why I named him And? Please. <laughs> Dig the hole deeper. Let's go. So, okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm about to be so embarrassed. If you don't I, like it, we can cut it. No, nah, I created this universe for him that was like post-apocalyptic in a world where like humans. I'm, now I feel like this is just way too much explanation, but uh, humans were dying off, and so they started creating humanoid robots to fulfill human jobs because, in spite of that, it was like industry was still being held at the same demand because mm-hmm. shit's fucked up um and so and lives in this town that like um fuck i think okay yeah i think Anne's storyline would have been like after um people decided the humanoid robots were bad and were like too human-like and he's a humanoid robot and he's in disrepair and so he's missing a lot of parts and a lot of his limbs are just connected by like wires and I named him and because and connects words oh (laughs) alright okay I see where you're going with it oh okay (laughs) In this house, we love and support and our emo robot sad boy. Uh, David, who is your auto crush of the week? It is also Braun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this. I'm the king of loving running and gunning boys. It's true. You guys have always known that running and gunning boys are my territory. <laughs> and who's more running and gunning than Braun in this episode? Not even Ironhide, has, when he ran into a volcano, was as running and gunning as Braun taking out four Decepticons. That's it. No. Oh, no, yeah, no, I didn't I mean, even... I forgot that he, like, really fucking holds his ground in this episode. Small boy <laughs> takes out four big boys. He shoots shockwave. Yeah. He shoots shockwave. <laughs> just we don't see him for the rest of the episode, so he could have oh, fucking no, sound killed wave. Soundwave. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He shoots Soundwave right in the chest. Yeah. And then like tackles like one of the two seekers that are behind him. Does he kill? Sh- uh, not kill. Does he shoot? 
Shockwave too. I think he also he shoots yeah. them both. He goes off. <laughs> he snapped. He saw his boy Spike crying. He fucking snapped. Um, maybe he Run saw and Bumblebee and in danger. What more could you ask for? Maybe he thought Bumblebee was in danger because Bumblebee was also. Anyway, who's your who's your crush this week, Jordan? Ah, uh, second week in a row, it's Skyfire. <laughs> I mean, he's. I have a note that says Skyfire always saves them. He has impeccable timing. It's incredible. And in this episode, he made very clear that he doesn't think slavery is okay. And we stand a leftist king. Yes. Meanwhile, Starscream <laughs> is over here like, why do you care what happens to slaves? Right. They she contrast that horrible. with his contrast that with skyfire who's who's like no one should live a slave and i'm like wow i can't believe he invented freedom (laughs) (laughs) he did it he did invent freedom he he did it he is the hero he's not we don't deserve him we really don't we really don't um quick he's so good and he burst he bursts in um, and we do get that lovely little showdown uh, where there's Shockwave and Skyfire in the same room. And my heart stopped just a little bit. Um, but he was really like, <laughs> he was like, he was like throwing out one-liners. He was, you know, dodging and ducking oh, and he's saving a- tinier bots. Like He's really coming into his own. He's really discovering his place in this organization ever since uh, that time that he was thrust out of a door when the fucking base was coming <laughs> down and they were, uh, he's found where he belongs exactly and his place is like this like this guardian angel for the Autobots just a Valkyrie for all <laughs> um, quick side you need a ride you need a you need a helping hand you need a shoulder to cry on you need you need someone to remind you of the difference between right and wrong he's there skyfire single-handedly like fulfills the autobots every need exactly mm-hmm. perfect food perfect shelter emotional support <laughs> saving what would they do without safety. him how did they live before him how yeah. I don't even remember the episodes before Skyfire anymore. I know, right? I remember them being not as good. I remember them having less Skyfire. That I do remember. <laughs> Quick, cause your thing about Skyfire reminded me of a thing I saw. I'm, I put I put on uh, Digimon in the background while I'm working. Mm-hmm. Anyways, there's one scene where a character, uh, uh, a Digimon, summons a bunch of fish. And he goes like, uh, the the meek the meek and small when under a strong uh, and powerful cause can overturn the power of the strong and I was like oh fucking Gomamon's a fucking comrade <laughs> oh yeah you said that to me <laughs> hell yeah bro <laughs> I would love it if Digimon was like um, uh, the struggle between classes is the political struggle. Dude, I would be so down if Digimon Workers was just Workers must own a... the means of production. <laughs> just like for children teaching them communism. <laughs> you picked up the scissors, and for a second I thought you were just going to cut my headphones. <laughs> so you wouldn't have to listen to me. <laughs> anyway. No, there's a thread on my sock that's been bugging <laughs> And there's scissors within arm's reach, so my OCD has been like... Burr. Burr. <laughs> um... Okie dokie. Alright, now it's time uh, for our final segment. We'll jack off to that later, where we pick the single sexiest moment uh, in a Transformers episode. The one that we'd, uh, uh, that if it, if it was on Pornhub, we'd, we'd give it a thumbs up. Uh, we'll go ahead and, I'll, I'll go ahead and start this one off. Because um, it's a line of dialogue uh, from Shockwave. And it's, it's, um... Destroy the small human. I command it. <laughs> I'm assuming, yes. And I'm assuming part of the reason this is your moment is because every shot of Shockwave 
this episode is from below, making him look massive and have a giant dong. That is partially it, but also partially because of like the Rafe Fines energy that I've been like feeling. You from do Shockwave. love a you do love a Rafe Fines. I'm this this was the moment. This was literally like I want that twink obliterated. <laughs> I have nothing against him, but my my love said that it must be done. Destroy the small human. I command it. Ooh. It is some, like, Ray Fiennes being Voldemort energy. Absolutely. Oh, I always forget who Ray Fiennes is. Also, a little bit of, a little bit of him in, uh, a little bit of him in, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. A little bit of that energy too. Oh, abso- absolutely. There's there, there there's a, there's a, just a hint of M. Gustav to uh, to Shockwave's whole deal. Um, not not the whole. Well, M. Gustav is is strictly Antifa, uh, but um, but they both have this sort of um, they have an elegance to their approach mm-hmm. uh, and and a very precise way of doing things. And that shit is just hot to me. Um, um, destroy the small human, I command it. Look out for Jordan's two-hour-long video essay comparison, comparing uh, Shockwave to Ray Fiennes. <laughs> uh, uh, Gigi, who is your... What's your wheeljack off to that later moment? So, my wheeljack moment is just Shockwave's silhouette. <laughs> uh, like, one of the first times we see him, we're standing over Spike... Mm-hmm. Just that image is all I need to have the most powerful orgasm of my life. <laughs> like, <laughs> Wheeljack is fucking stacked. I'm not Wheeljack. Ah! Ah! Shockwave. Shockwave is fucking stacked. Cut that. <laughs> and Wheeljack just his, his curves, his waist. And then, like, the thickness of his legs and his chest. I was mm. just like, ooh. And how he's bigger than everybody else? Yeah. Like, step on me, daddy. And there's something... I feel like he has one of the most... Or one of the more, like, feminine designs. Absolutely, um, yeah. Which I also appreciate. That also appeals to my taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I was just like blown away there you go my moment is uh, a bunch of surfing bots <laughs> that was hot to you wait, wait. yeah <laughs> what? Make you feel sexual <laughs> I like a lot of I like a lot of hot beach boys having a good beach day what can I say well, that you well, know Ironhide what? was one of them Ironhide was yeah, one of them, more specifically were... Ironhide surfing but yeah I get to I get to watch them surf and then I get what do you mean surfing isn't sexual? Now, surfing now is incredibly hot. And then you get to watch them come hot. out of the water. It's all great. It's all good. <laughs> I think it was just because I saw that moment as more of a like bro moment or something. What's better than this? Just guys, guys being boots. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Thank you very much for tuning into Robots and the Guys. Gigi, where can people go to find you on the internet and send you pictures of their interpretations of and? Oh my god. I would love that. Um, you can find me at Gigi Vines. That's G-E-G-E Vines. Uh, mostly on Instagram these days. Yeah. Okay. Uh, David, where can people go to dunk on you and talk to you about uh, Digimon's leftist content? Uh, people can always talk to me about Digimon's leftist content. Someone could come up on the street and talk to me about Digimon's leftist content. <laughs> that would be the best day of your life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, anyways, you can go. I was just, I was daydreaming about it. Anyways, you could, uh, go to... Fucking du- nerd. You can go to dunk on me, uh, at anywhere you want, really. But more specifically at, uh... One kidotic one. That's one k i t o t i k, one on Instagram, uh, or uh, David Thorpe on YouTube. Uh, Jordan, how about you? Where can people uh, just look at you, man? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, people can go ahead and look at uh, look at my content uh, on my Twitter page. That's uh, uh, Elefante Triple One. That's at E L E F A N T E Triple One. And I have a Tumblr account as well at roundcubeproductions.tumblr.com. And there is hyphens in between Round Cube and Productions. Why did I think you were about to say? You know what? Never mind. <laughs> No, what? <laughs> no, I can't remember what you originally said either. <laughs> I mean, what you actually said either. Um, when you said content, I thought you were about to say cock. <laughs> That's all. All right, Can thanks very much. See and my of course- cock on. <laughs> And of course, uh, you can always follow the show and the RIG team at Robots into Guys on Instagram. We love. Should we post? Um... Ooh, it might be hard for me to find it though. But if I can, at some point, should we post a pic of Ant? One of my absolutely. absolutely. Or I could just redraw him. Mm-hmm. It's an old sketchbook that I probably don't have on me. Perfect. Thanks everyone for listening, Stan and Stan and. Alright. You guys are so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. We'll we'll try we'll try it in, in we'll try it in unison. No baby voices. Don't slow down, David. Can we do old man voices? So reverse, maybe we'll bring some balance okay. to the universe. Okay. okay, we'll try it we'll try it as as ancient sages. Okay. Alright. Three, Three, two, two one. one. Transformers! Robots in guys. Ah, oh. shit! I did. I did Christopher Lloyd. Well, that's that's an old man. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Could my birth even be heard? <laughs>